everyone. Welcome to the BYOB Bring Your Own Book podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Tilly. And I'm Nikki. Today we're going to be talking about The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. But before we get into the nitty gritty, Nikki is going to read the synopsis for us. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman named Adeline meets a dangerous stranger and makes a terrible mistake. As she realizes the limitations of her Faustian bargain, being able to live forever without being able to be remembered by anyone she sees, Addie chooses to flee her small village as everything she once held dear is torn away. But there are still dreams to be had and a life to live, and she is determined to find excitement and satisfaction in the wide, beckoning world, even if she will be doomed to be alone forever. Or not quite alone, as every year on her birthday, the alluring Luke comes to visit, checking to see if she is ready to give up her soul. Their darkly thrilling game stretches through the ages, seeing Addie witness history and fight to regain herself as she crosses oceans and tries on various lives. But it will be 300 years before she stumbles into a hidden bookstore and discovers someone who can remember her name. And suddenly, everything changes again. That is so interesting because that is not at all the same um, blurb that I first read about it. Mm. And it's very different on what it chooses to center on in the story. Yes. Yeah, because I think I only read the one off of Goodreads. Me it too. It was much shorter. Mm-hmm. And it was just about no one remembers her until someone does or something like that. Yeah, it didn't go into the whole like alluring dark stranger. No. And I didn't know that that was going to be a part of it at all. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get into it. Oh, we will. So, but um, of course, because this is the BYOB podcast, we need to talk about what we're drinking today. So Tilly, why don't you uh, give us a little... I don't know. I was going to say palate cleanse, but that's not right. Don't you tell us about this drink. (laughs) I would love to, Kelly. So tonight we're drinking some uh, classic sparkling wine. I believe it is called Henkel Trocken, limited edition. It's a very beautiful bottle. It's Christmas. Oh, I shouldn't say that, maybe. We recorded it around Christmas time. It's a seasonally wrapped bottle, uh, and it has lots of beautiful bubbles in our little champagne flutes. So we picked this one because the titular character of Addie LaRue often drinks champagne, and we thought we should as well. Yeah, so we're drinking sparkling wine because champagne costs more, and I find the cheaper booze tastes better. Can I get amen, amen up in here? Here, here. So. so, our first taste. Should we cheers? Cheers, ladies. It's- <laughs> oh, very bubbly, very sweet. Yeah, I like Pretty. it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so good. I feel yeah. lovely, like the first time Addie tasted champagne. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so why don't we? We're going to start like we always do. We're going to talk about what we rated it out of five. We have different reasonings behind our rating scale but we're gonna go out of five yeah because we are um and we're gonna do this spoiler free so don't worry would you do you want me to go first sure go first okay i'll go first (laughs) i gave this a five out of five i was blown away like i think at the beginning i was a little like okay I really want to know what's going to happen. It's a little slow for me. I don't understand the flashbacks right now, but I want her to meet the guy who remembers her. And that's not a spoiler because that is listed in the synopsis that she meets someone who remembers her. So don't worry. Um, But 
oh my god i think once it got to that part the book i just i just couldn't get enough of it and there was just so many layers and things to look at and the the writing style is not my normal kind of style i enjoy but it was so lyrical and sensual and i don't mean that in like a sexual sense i mean like i could taste what they were tasting i could smell the smells see everything feel the things cuz the writing was so descriptive and i just there were so many heartwarming moments some sad moments scary moments i know nikki <laughs> nikki's going to have a different opinion that's fine i I really loved this book. And at the end, I I had so many emotions that I felt like I was on the verge of crying, but I couldn't cry. I just felt like an emptiness, but also so happy and like hopeful. It's so hard for me to talk about this without giving spoilers because I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyways, I gave it five out of five. It did not start as a five out of five, but overall my experience the experience I had with this book made me give it a five out of five. So, uh, Tilly, Nikki, you can go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt very similarly to Kelly. I ended up giving it a four out of five, uh, because I kind of had the opposite experience where I was really interested in the beginning and then it really lost me in the middle. Mm. Um, and we can talk about that more. Uh, I found it did kind of pick up for me near the end and I really love the concept and I think it's really clear that um, I read somewhere that V.E. Schwab took 10 years to write it. And I think it's really clear because there's so many layers. It's really complex in the timeline and in kind of every the way everything works. So I can really appreciate the, um, the work and the care and the heart that went into it. Um, for me, it wasn't quite a five-star book because... Um, and again, it was different for me because I, I listened to an audiobook version, which is not something I typically do, but I had had to finish some Christmas crafts uh, with my hands. So seasonal I, crafts. Seasonal crafts. Um, and so I thought that listening to an audiobook would be a great way to do both those things at the same time. Um, so it's possible that that affected kind of my appreciation of the book. But I did really, really enjoy it overall. I love V.E. Schwab. I love her other series, A Darker Shade of Magic, those books. So it was quite different from that. Um, but I still really enjoyed it overall. Quick note on that. Um, Tilly enjoyed this experience, this book, I guess I should say, through an audiobook. I read it as an ebook, and Nikki read it as the physical hardcover. So yeah, that's just our different experiences that we have with the book. Nikki? Yeah. Um, before I get into my rating... Actually, I was listening to an interview that V.E. Schwab did with Neil Gaiman, and she talked about how, so she had the concept 10 years before. She didn't start writing it until like two or three years ago. Oh, okay. But she was like saying that she felt that when she first got the idea, she's like, I'm not a good enough writer yet to oh, tell this oh, story. interesting. Wow. So she kind of held on to it, and every few years kind of came back to it to develop the backstory more and then she got to a point where she was like well now or never I'm just gonna put it down on paper so i thought that was really cool oh my gosh i also heard sorry that i think she wants this book to be kind of what she's remembered by but i think a lot of people are gonna remember her earlier stuff because they've already read it this was my first experience with her so or them i don't know their pronouns but this author um but yeah, so as my first experience, I think I'm going to hold everything to this standard, which could be challenging for me. But anyways, Nick. So I rated this book a 2.5 out of 5 stars. 
on Goodreads. I have it out of three. So yeah, it was, I feel like I can't say a lot without spoilers because a lot of the things that I didn't like are like specific things that have to do with the book. I thought the writing was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't read any of V.E. Schwab's other work, but I feel like I would like it more. I know a lot of people were like, oh, I don't like her other stuff, but I really liked this. They're very different, apparently. They're very different. So maybe I'd like her other stuff more. I'm not, I'm definitely going to read more from her. I'm not holding this as like, oh, this is what she's like all the time. Cause I know that's not true, but yeah, it was an experience. For context listeners, Nikki would often text us and say like, okay, I'm down to the last hundred pages and I'm gonna <laughs> finish it. <laughs> Whereas for me, um, the audiobook was 17 hours long, oh. which to be quite honest, is too many hours. How fast was this person reading? I was listening to it at normal speed, like at 1.0 like times speed. Give us an wow. example of the speed this person was talking at. Um, Just like normal speed that I would be talking at right now. Wow. And it was 17 hours long. I listened to it over... Um, I was a little stressed about finishing it in time. I did listen to it over about five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that, I think that's partly why I felt like it dragged so much is because I was worried about getting it done on time. It was so many hours and... I found there was a lot of repetition. I had a really similar feeling too. I started the book probably two weeks before we're filming, which is a lot of time to read it. But at the same time, I was still like, because I started it and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's kind of slow. And then I got in my head and I was like, what if I don't like it? And then it just takes me forever. And then I don't even finish it for the thing. And I need to like, I need to read it. I need to get going. So, Yeah. And uh, I read this before we before I chose it for the podcast. So because I read it and I was like, oh, my God, you have to read this. And then <laughs> Tilly was like, OK, well, let's just do it for the podcast. So I didn't make detailed notes. I just enjoyed my the ride that I was taking on and I didn't feel any pressure to finish it. Yeah, I don't know. But and I'm sure that kind of colored our interpretations of it too, where we were kind of like primed to be a little more critical of it because we knew we were going to be talking about it. Yeah, but especially 17 hours. Like I know that she lives in this book. She's already been alive for like 300 years or whatever. Like, wow, 300 years, 17 hours. I think they're trying to like do something there. <laughs> I was really starting to feel a little bit like Henry, and like I'm, you know, my time is slipping away from me. <laughs> Okay, we gotta get into spoilers. I'm sorry, everyone, because I. Oh, is that a spoiler? No, no, no. Before we do spoilers, do we want to talk about if we have books that (gasps) remind us of this book? Oh, oh, god. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have anything. I feel like when I was reading it, it reminded me of a few things, but I can't think of any of them right now. I. I know what you mean. It also reminded me of a few things, I think primarily because of its structure, like because it was very kind of like every new chapter was a flashback in time and then flashing back to the present. You kind of had to keep track of all of the um, where you were. I think that was kind of hard to do with an audiobook because I was <laughs> rewinding to be like, wait, am I in 2014 or 1914? What's happening? Um, in that sense, I think it kind of reminded me of a book that I didn't like very much, <laughs> which is The Clockmaker's Daughter by Kate Morton. Oh, Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't read it, though. I didn't like it very much uh, for a lot of reasons. A big one being I really really have a pet peeve with authors 
calling uh, their books The Something's Daughter or The Something's Wife because I find it to be just... That's her only rule. That's her only rule, and I don't like it. Um, so that's a pet peeve of mine. So I was a little bit primed to be, like, not into it. Um, but I also just didn't uh, didn't connect with the story. But it had a very similar structure of um, going back in time to kind of find out what happened in the past that led us to this point. So I found the structure was similar and the writing was similar. I found the clockmaker's daughter to be a little more contrived. Like, I think there was a lot more kind of like cringy, like, okay, I know exactly what this author is trying to do with this line that is very beautiful and poetic, but I could, I don't buy it. So I don't know if that's a recommendation then, but it reminded me of it. Maybe some people would like it. I mean, I certainly finished the book and felt a little bit of satisfaction from it, but I didn't, it wasn't one of my favorites. I think the closest I can... The closest recommendation I can make, I think, is Caraval or Caraval, however you say it, by Stephanie Garber. Um, the stories are nothing alike. The only reason why I'm recommending it is because of the writing style. Stephanie Garber, if I'm thinking about the right book, I believe it's this book, when she writes, she uses a lot of colors. So she'll say like, oh, my worries slipped away like periwinkle, whatever. Or like my worries were periwinkle or my whatever was this color. And I don't know what it was, but I it really worked for me. Like the color, I don't know. Like I, I don't know what it is. You must be more of a visual person. I definitely am. But mm. what's that? What's that? Um, Synesthesia. Yeah. I don't think I have that, but it was written as if the author has that. Maybe she does. I don't know. But it was just very colorful and things that you would not even think about. But I was like, that makes so much sense when I was reading. So I don't know. If that's the correct book that I'm thinking about, I would recommend that just for the writing style because it was a similar kind of feel, a very sensual, um, but nowhere near the same in uh, tone or plot. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> if anyone who's listening has a recommendation or like a similar book or what have you let us know because we always are interested in more books so mm -hmm. i mean yeah hit us up um yeah we have to get into spoilers because there's a lot to there's so much to talk about there's oh, a 17 yeah. hour like book over 300 years to get through <laughs> so if you don't want spoilers you can skip to the end or you can see us next time um thanks for joining us bye <laughs> bye bye okay where do we want to start? I kind of want to start with Henry. I loved Henry so much. I felt such a connection to Henry. I loved him too. I I was so connected to him that I was like borderline panic attack at moments, which was not good, but it's because I related so much to his inner dialogue and like some of the mental health issues he has. He's very concerned with time and time running out. I felt like I was like having a therapy session reading that book. I was like, oh my God, because that's one of my things is time, time, time. I'm very type A. I have anxiety. I'm pretty sure I have OCD. Like it's just something I deal with. And reading him, I was just like, I just wanted to give him a hug. And I just, I, I needed to know how he was going to do at the end. And I was so happy at the end like at first I was like do I like this ending I don't know and then I was like no you know what I do like it because it means that her story's not over he's going on he's living his life there's more adventures to be had she's hopefully gonna get some revenge like 
I just I loved Henry. I I really did. Here's my here's my thought. Um, I liked Henry a lot too. I felt bad for him because I don't think she ever really loved him. I think she just wanted someone to see her, and he just wanted someone to feel like he was enough. And I don't. Th- I think there are multiple lines where she said it wasn't love, but it was enough for right now. So I don't think he ever got what he wanted, and all of that got me thinking. I don't. I almost would have. I almost would have understood the structure of the book more if he wasn't there at all. <gasps> yeah, I know. Controversial oh. hot take. I would have understood the book better if I it like was that. if it was just about Addie and Luke because I felt like it was too many stories altogether. I oh. loved the stuff between Addie and Luke. That I didn't like the it, but only part of the book that I really liked was the scenes between the two of them. I think the oh. book should have maybe. I think it should have been two books. Is what I'm saying. I think it should have been Addie and Luke, and then maybe a sequel about Addie and Henry. Because I think the stories intersect, but I don't think... I think it was too much for one book where I didn't feel quite satisfied with either of it. Because I was interested in Henry, but it felt like the stuff with Addie and Luke was it's on a different kind of ballpark. Mm-hmm. And the stuff with Addie and Henry was different too. I don't know. It just it was an idea I had that I don't think it really worked for me in that way because it felt like trying to deal with too many things at once. I'm so thrown by you saying that you don't think they ever loved each other or that because I'm just like... I think he loved her. I don't think she loved him. But I don't know if you, he even really loved her, though. Do you think he was just in love with the idea of someone actually seeing him and liking him? And that was something I didn't like because I felt like, oh, it's just too easy that they both are kind of like fall together because they both kind of like fit into the their curses inter, intertwine in that way where they can both be something for each other. I thought it was a really unhealthy model for a relationship where like you meet this person and they fulfill this need that you have and that's why you're together i found for me with henry because at the beginning i wasn't really getting like the mental health part i was just like wow this guy's a fucking psycho (laughs) (laughs) like i marked some passages where freaks out and i'm like are you kidding me like sociopath much and but like i while I understand, like, mental health and stuff, I just feel like she didn't do a good enough job showing the pain he was feeling to warrant those outbursts. I was just like, I don't care. I literally didn't care at all about his problems. I was like, get yourself some help and just stop being a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt. I think it's because um, I didn't feel like that, but I can understand why, because I I don't think we got enough of his backstory. No. And I think that's why it should have been a separate book all about Henry. (gasps) Yeah. See, that's so interesting because I felt so intertwined with him. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like, I got to go back to this, they were not in love with each other thing, because (laughs) isn't love fulfilling someone else? You know, like... uh, yeah, like, if you want to go back and think about, oh, soulmates, like, we're two halves of a whole, you know? Like, I don't believe, like, in the book they were saying, like, um, he was saying to her, you're only here because, you know, everyone, I'm my curse is that everyone loves me or I'm enough for everyone, whatever. And so that's why you love me and that's why um, I remember you because it fulfills your thing, whatever. 
I don't believe that. I don't believe that she, because she did not, her eyes are not clouded over with the curse, you know? I really do think they had a connection because they were both going through pain and feeling alone, you know? So maybe it wasn't a forever love for her, but I do think that she loved him. And I do think, yeah, I do think they were in love. Yeah, but. and and that's totally a valid reading of it. <laughs> yeah. I think I was just feeling a little cynical about it all because I, I don't like the notion of um, them just kind of like, falling into it and the first time they met she was stealing something from him and he didn't like her at all and the only reason he liked her was because he didn't see the shimmer in her eyes he was like oh she sees me but she didn't really it's just that she wasn't under the circumstance of his curse and she says um you know enough that he's like he's nice and soft and and if it wasn't and if it wasn't love if it wasn't passion and fire it was warmth and maybe that was enough for her and it, it just kind of, and because I was listening to it in audiobook format, those lines kept sticking out to me. And, you know, like, maybe, you know, I'll never tell him that it wasn't, that he wasn't actually enough for me. And I just felt bad. I felt like he was under this spell, <laughs> spell, not really. Um, <laughs> but I felt like he was convinced that she loved him and that he only liked her because he thought she was something that she wasn't. I don't know. I'm not articulating it very well. This is the, like, I marked the paragraph where she kind of explains why they're working or whatever. <laughs> and I just, like, I read it, like, five times. And I was like, that is just, like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's hear. Addie softens, takes his hand. Of course it does. Your deal and mine, they nest like Russian dolls together in a shell. I look at you and I see exactly what I want it's just that what I want has nothing to do with looks or charm or success. It would sound awful in another life, but what I want most, what I need, has nothing to do with you at all. What I want, what I've always truly wanted, is for someone to remember me. That's why you can say my name. That's why you can go away and come back and still know who I am. And that's why I can look at you and see you as you are. And it is enough. It will always be enough. So, so the particulars of his curse are that, from what I understand, are that um, he will be whatever the other person wants to see. Yeah, he'll so, be enough. He, yeah, and and he'll. I think exact the exact wording was something about. I didn't mark it. I don't it's an audiobook, but the exact wording was um, they will see in you whatever they want to see. Yeah, like like, whatever they need, like whatever a, they need, a son or a friend. Yes, or a and it just so lover. happens that a lot of the people that he meets see what they want is not who he actually is, and so that's why he had all these people like hitting on him or thinking that he was their. He looked so much like their long lost brother or whatever, and it was because their needs were shallow, and her need was like not shallow, but it was no. selfish. Mm -hmm. But I think they their souls connected, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, it is selfish, but he's also selfish. And together, they complement each other. They give each other what they need, which in the end, that's really what we want. We want our partner to give us what we need. We want to be that for the other person, you know? So I, I don't know. I really, and, you know, maybe... Maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't a forever love because, I mean, it isn't in the book. Like, they go their own ways. Um, but I do believe it was an important love and that, like, they did actually love each other. 
because of the connection they had with this loneliness and pain and what have you, you know, that's what I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and that's totally fair. And and the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, no, I I, I get it. Like, I, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I think it just didn't, it just didn't work for me. Well, and who was his friend again? Was it Bea or Bea? B? They called her B in the audiobook. Oh, okay. Her name's Beatrice. So it could be either. Because I've guess, met yeah. a Bea and a B. So like spelled the same way. So I'm like, I loved her. her. I thought she was great. Yeah, but I'm wondering because she always saw him for him. No, she saw him as a really good friend. And there's a there was a sad part about it because I'd wondered that too. I remember because I just listened to it yesterday. Yeah, well, um, he does talk about the shimmer. He talks about the shimmer once, isn't it? Tr- isn't it? She only had the shimmer once. That's no, what I thought. she. Ha- I think she has it um, the whole time. It's just she sees him as a really good friend, and he remember he thinks to yes. himself, "I'm not a good friend." Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so she sees me as uh, the best version of myself. It's still good. It's still like better than oh, the yeah, people who want to use him. Like, she's she's like, oh, you'll always be there for me. And he's like, but I'm not always there for her. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I do I, remember that I liked part. her. Yeah, I kind of wondered because we're just talking about the whole love thing and the whole love thing, whatever. Um, Because I was wondering because I thought I remembered that she only had the shimmer in her eyes or whatever the cloudiness that one time. I thought going back to our conversation about love maybe they should have been together you know because he and henry like maybe they are not together but like she's maybe, gay yes no i know <laughs> but like what i'm trying to say is maybe they she was the closest one to actually loving him for him because yes. her eyes were not fully clouded you know and she was a constant presence in his like i don't know yeah she knew him before yes yeah 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 i could see that i wanted to hear more about robbie honestly the first i didn't care about robbie the first like chapter when they're talking about him or like not the first chapter but the first like chapter with henry where he's talking about like going to their his like theater show and stuff like that i was like interesting like i would have liked to hear more about their relationship before robbie was trash to him sure and like because I, I understand what he wasn't trashed him, though. He still like had this attraction to him, but he was like, we don't work because whatever. You know? But Robbie was trash because whenever he brought Addie around, he'd be like, fuck you and this girl. Yeah. You're just bringing this bitch around. So oh, like, I think he was trash. I'm saying I don't think Henry thought he was trash. Oh, yeah. oh but yeah, like, sucks. so <laughs> I, I want to hear more about their relationship before and like, why did Henry like Robbie? What was, was Robbie really great? And like, see that because obviously Robbie's feelings for Henry were just heightened because of this curse that he has. Mm -hmm. So that would have been like, nice, I guess. I don't know. And I also just don't think Addie really knew a lot about Henry. I think Mm -hmm. like she, she kind of started to bother me in the relationship between the two of them because like you, I really, I was drawn to Henry. I really liked him. I love a, I love a tall boy with floppy hair who works in a bookshop. That's like Sensitive. my type to a T. Um, and so I, I was rooting for him and I understand that Addie had the 300 years of the terrible life. I really felt for her during all of that, but she, I think she only saw him as like a way, a means to an end. Like, that he was there to write her story. (laughs) 
And I think there was love there, but I don't think it was. I think she loved what he could give her. Yeah. Him. I don't think she cared about what she could give him. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe well, I'm she's just like, he's going to, well, she didn't know he was going to die in a year, but she's like, she, he's going to die in like 50 years. That's nothing. I got a whole lifetime. <laughs> like why? Yeah. Like for her really, other than him remembering her that like, it's never going to, nothing's going to happen anyway. She's going to stay 23 forever. He's going to get old and die. And I think, and I think it's fair that she felt like that in a yeah. way because she's been desensitized by all these broken hearts that well, she's had over the years. When he's mad at her about stealing and stuff, I'm like, "Okay, you live 300 years and have to do that." And <laughs> yeah, that was pretty unfair. Yeah. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding?" That's the stuff where I was like, "Henry needs to chill the fuck out and get out of my life," because <laughs> I was like, "So done." So done. But don't you think, too, all of those outbursts are just reactions to him knowing that he has so little time left, that he's trying to be, like, the best person he can be, yeah. and that he's failing. Upbringing. Yeah. The, the whole thing was he doesn't feel enough. So it's, like, you know, very cut and dry, good and bad, and you're doing a bad thing by stealing. And she's like, yeah, but I need this because I can't get a job because no one remembers me. How am I going to live my life and yeah. buy things? like? And he doesn't and ask that until later. No. He doesn't realize, I think, the, all yeah. the implications of her curse the way she no. does. Well, he's but- like, everything affects somebody else. And it's like, yes, that's true but what she's supposed to do like emaciate herself and live forever in this kind of like shrunken corpse of a person mm-hmm. like she can't yeah that's, that's not- what i mean his his upbringing he's very black and white you know and so that's why he's like how could you do that and it's like well it's not black and white because- but i thought his whole thing was that he felt too much because he talks about a baby was born with a broken heart and they fix the heart, but the heart's not really fixed because it just feels everything and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like all that stuff. So obviously he has like a lot of emotions because why would anybody be like, nobody loves me for me or whatever. I want to make this deal with the devil if they were like, whatever. Like, Well, I think it's pretty intensely coded that he is has depression yeah and the whole like the little pink umbrellas to kind of like yeah fight away the storms mm-hmm. i didn't really appreciate how poetic it all was i wish she had been more outright about the Me mental health struggles i i i felt like it was it was like just to the point where it was like glazing over it yeah. and i was like oh really yeah because yeah, i just felt like could you just be real about this moment because that's what i found like when we found out what his curse was and i was like oh, that all makes a lot of sense, but I still don't really care because I feel like we just spent all of this time talking really poetically and not getting down to, like, the real truth of anything. It was all in, in metaphors rather than in, in real life. Okay, but wait, when he's standing on the roof about to jump and all that, I didn't think that was flowery. Like, I was going to have a panic attack. I didn't feel like anything was glossed over. I understood from day one. I was like, oh... No, you know, like this, it, yeah. Oh, this is so interesting to hear from both of you because just so many, like the different reactions we had to mm-hmm. it. Because I was so like, oh, like I, I remember I recommended this book to my sister and I said, be careful, it gets very intense with mental health at a couple of parts because I felt like it was like spot on, like in his head. So, Oh my god. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. And I mean, maybe some of it was that he couldn't be outright about it in his own mm-hmm. head. Maybe that's just how he always thought of it. Yeah. And that was his way of coping 
with his depressive episodes was to kind of think of them as storms and that they will pass and that there's ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that is completely valid. I just don't think it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say on a lighter note that if I had to read one more time about her fucking <laughs> freckles, if I, I had to read rip the book apart. If I had to read one more time about like a shadow crossed his face, that came up so much. Also, uh, the emerald eyes and, and, and black curls yeah, like too much get a grip. I, here's okay. <laughs> so not only do I think that it should have just been about Addie and Luke in, in this one story, because I think it added too many other complications with Henry. I also think the Addie and Luke stuff, oh, about half of it could have been cut out. There were way too many flashbacks of like we're in this one town in this time, and she's waiting for him, and he doesn't every show up anniversary. every anniversary. And I think, and at that point, I was like, what are we adding to the story here with this? with this like seven page little vignette about he, he doesn't show up or he does. And then they fight. Like it doesn't, I got the picture really quickly. And so I didn't need to have all these extra things. Yeah. I also guessed the truth about Henry immediately that he had also made a deal with the, with the devil. So yeah, I knew that that was very predictable to me. It was because I knew it from like somebody who was reviewing it oh, before. I didn't, I just could but see I was that's like, what was happening. I was like, they're never going to end up together because she's going to live forever. So I knew right away that, that You kind was, of know that it's like not fated to be. I yeah. knew that he was supposed to die in a year because mm-hmm. that clock thing. I was like, oh. Oh, that's smart. I didn't figure that out. I was like, that time, because I remember she, the watch was mentioned at some point and then mentioned again and the, the hand had moved, mm. but it wasn't working the watch. So I was like, oh. <gasps> That's his lifeline. Oh my God. Well, I knew as soon she like looked at the, or he was, he had the watch on the dresser and it was flipped over and it said like the back had an engraving on it. And I was like, oh, it's this curse thing. Yeah. I just thought it was this curse thing. I didn't realize that it was like actually tracking his life. Cause I was like, I, well, that was like another thing. I feel like there, she talks about the ring in the very first chapter. And then you find out way later in the book why she has the ring but I feel like there was nothing that I was, like, surprised about finding out. Everything was, like, here's this really obvious thing that you're going to find out about later. There was nothing, like, where I read it later and I was, like, oh, my God, I totally missed that. Like, in the Raven Boys, when Noah's, like, I've been dead for seven years and everybody just, like, ignored <laughs> like, that until he was dead. And everybody was, like, what? <laughs> of course. There was nothing like that in this book. It was all just very, like cut and dry like oh this is obviously going to be important because she mentions it like 70 times like yeah i think there was a lot of repetition and i think some of it some of it worked and i think some of it didn't and i think i think we are being kind of hard on the book because there were a lot of things that i just i think it's such a good concept for a book that i wanted it to be more than it was for me i think some of the repetition maybe was to show just how long addy was alive sure totally same song and dance. But I don't want to live for 300 years. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But also, what about, okay, because you're, you've been saying a few times, like, I think the first book should have just been Addie and Luke, and then there should have been a, sec- a second book. So, or conversely, that, sorry, you didn't oh, finish sorry. your sentence. Yeah, I didn't finish my idea. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. But with that idea, maybe the second book, the, okay, so the first book should end, she meets Henry, he remembers her. Yes. And then the second book happens. That would have worked for me. on the, I, hey, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? And, he, and she's like, you remember me? And he's like, of course I remember you. Boom. That would have been great. Or conversely, what if it had been just one book, but Luke wasn't as big a character? Mm-hmm. And it was just about Addie and Henry. Then I would have been more interested too. I think, 
I just didn't like the love triangle, I guess. I, oh, I didn't see it as a love triangle. I think she did. Yeah. Who? Addie? Addie. Yeah. V.E. or Addie. <laughs> no, Addie. Yeah. Really? Well, that was like the thing I was like, I got to the end and I was like, I know Luke is the bad guy. Yeah. But I honestly kind of feel bad for Luke right now. <gasps> and I just like... I just don't care. Oh, I didn't feel bad for him. I was like, like I was empowered by the ending. He was I, like an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, he was like a Stockholm yeah. Syndrome incarnate. Yeah, that's how much I didn't like this book. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The more we talk, the more I'm like, I need to lower my rating. <gasps> I just like, I found Luke, the stuff about Luke to be so much more interesting and dynamic than any of the stuff that was talked about with Henry. I felt like it got so much deeper into like, her th- actually like because Addie actually thinks about what Luke is thinking and she doesn't think about Henry at all. She's well, just she's like, always with him. So there's yeah, no separation, like, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I don't know. Like I just feel like the stuff that was talked about with Luke, I was like, wow, this is a way more dynamic character. Cause you see him go from like, I just want your soul f- to him, like having all of these other feelings and developing all of these like, kind of like human emotions towards her that he doesn't understand because he's not human and like all of this other stuff. And by the end he feels like, like he has her, like she's going to be his, but she's like, ha 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 bitch, I'm going to fuck you over. But wait a sec. Did he actually feel those things for her or was he trying to get her soul? I think he was trying to get her soul until, until the end when she makes the trade for well, Henry's life. I still don't believe that he actually cares about her. Mm. I I don't know. It's and definitely I guess up we, for interpretation. Yeah. I think she's just his pet, a toy to play with. You yeah, know? that's totally that's, possible, that's too. That's how yeah. I read it. I was like, wow, this guy is dark. I mean, I he did, is, uh, you know. I didn't read it. Like, I kind of read it like he started to like her because wasn't, I feel like there was a conversation kind of towards the end where they're like, he's like, I don't want your soul anymore like i want you to be with me forever or whatever and she makes the deal like i want i'll be with you until you don't want me anymore which is fine and dandy whatever like but he could just like he's like the devil he could do really whatever he wanted Mm -hmm. i think when it came down to it so i think he probably did want her you see that, like, he stalks her forever. Like, he has so many other people he could have been doing that to. So. And I think there's a kinship between the two of them because they've been together in this game for together years. for 300 years. And I think she infuriates him, and she's more like him than she is like humans near the end. Yeah. And so I think yeah. there is kind of that sense of, like, she's more my equal than mm-hmm. she is my Corey. Yeah, sure. I... I can agree with that. I don't think that he actually had feelings for her. I think it was like some sick, twisted, like narcissistic. Oh, yeah. It's not healthy. Oh, yeah. No. But I'm just saying like, I don't think it was actually like I have feelings for her. It's I see them as how you were seeing the other two of like, it's only things they want out of Mm -hmm. that person. For me, Luke and um, Addie is just like, okay, well. She's going to give me this, and I feel like this when I'm around. I don't know. I, d- I feel the complete opposite of the well, two couples. Well, this like- kind of makes sense in a way because a-, a lot of the reviews I was seeing about this book were very polarizing. Mm-hmm. People either really loved it or they really hated it. I and feel I a little bit... I normally never pick this kind of book up. Like, really? I'm very weird with time and time traveling, and I don't know. 
know. I just, and I'm not usually into like the flowery prose or anything. Cause I know Nikki and I talked about that and Nikki was like, ugh, you know? And normally I would be like that. I'm more of like plot driven stories. This was not plot driven. It was more character driven, I think. It was very character and very meandering and yes. plot. Yes. And it, normally I would be like, no, I can't finish this. I don't know what it was. I just, yeah. And sometimes that happens, right? There's like a book that you don't typically like. It's funny. I um, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> like yeah. Kelly really loved it. Nikki really hated it. I liked it but had problems with it but still really liked it Mm -hmm. and uh it's funny because this is the type of book i would go for Mm -hmm. so i I mentioned i have read books by v.e schwab before i am an english honor student so i love me some purple prose um i love yeah like very like over the top poetic kind of some of it was a little purple prose some of it was a little cringy um, but overall, and, and I am very interested in character-driven stories and, like, interactions between people. I think I was just having some, like, personal pet peeve problems with the, um, the specifics of the relationships. Mm-hmm. But should we talk about things we did like about the book? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was all just about Henry, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went on a little I would bit like of to, a tangent. Yeah, I would like to say one thing I really liked about it was that there were practically no straight people. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was, like... Yeah. Queer, (laughs) which was super fun because, you know, I think it's not exactly stated, but I think it talks about how Henry loves the person before he loves the genitalia. So Mm. I would read that as kind of like pansexual. Yeah. I think Addie had relationships with men men and women. Um, B is gay. Robbie is gay. (laughs) One of my like first notes, like literally um, 92 pages into the book, when I guess like henry and addie are kind of like meeting for the first time and it had been established already she had had relationships with women he was with robbie he was also with another girl before so it was like pretty established that they are queer and i was like this is awesome and then i wrote i feel like setting up these two queer characters and then putting them into a heteronormative relationship together ruined something for me because i felt like they had a really good setup to have a really nice like queer relationship and i think through the book that became the least of my problems with what was going on but i do still feel that way a little bit like i wish that addy would have maybe had a relationship with a female identifying person or somebody like that wasn't just like a a white dude yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's also to be said, though, that I think there are a lot of queer, bisexual, or pansexual people who end up in more heteronormative couples oh, yeah, and definitely. then don't feel seen. Yeah, definitely. And so I did appreciate that it was like they felt seen, but then, yeah. Because, I mean, it, in the end, it is kind of that's yeah. who they ended up with. I yeah. read, I mean, I'm a straight, white, cis girl, okay? Sorry. <laughs> that's how I, who I am but I saw it as um two pansexuals being together and having that soul connection you know so I I took gender out of the equation personally I yeah. was just like well I mean like other. like I said that was like at page <laughs> yeah. 92 so that yeah. was before the story even started that was like my first kind of when they met each other I was like Oh, because I didn't know that there was going to be any kind of like gender stuff in the book at all until I started reading it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, oh, I feel like this is a really nice opportunity that wasn't 
taken or just a different route, like what Tilly was saying with um, people who end up with people of the opposite sex or whatever and don't feel like they're seen by the LGBTQ community. Um, so that's great. Yeah, I don't know. I, think, like, I, I totally think it's a fair point, though. Like, yeah. it, you know, if V.E. Schwab is writing it, she could have picked anyone else to yeah. be Henry. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what her sexual orientation is or she anything. She identifies as gay, at least okay. on Twitter. Okay, yeah. Cool. I would maybe like that do was some like research, the only other thing but... where, that I was like, like I don't know what her her deal is. I didn't care enough to look because I didn't like the book enough to scrutinize that part of it. So I just already followed her on Twitter, and mm-hmm. it happened at one point that she was like periodic reminder that I'm super gay. And I was like, <laughs> love it, cool. love I that will, for you. <laughs> I will say on sort of on the same vein. Um, I think it's I'm very glad, and I think it was smart and made sense because if it wasn't this way, I'd be like really how how would the story even happen um i think it's very smart that they had the character addy not care about gender or sexuality you know what i mean like it wasn't like oh my goodness i was raised this way because i'm from the 1700s you know like Mm. you can't stay the same and live 300 years it just won't work you know especially her predicament and she wanted to be free of all ties she was always very open-minded yeah so i'm very glad that's what was the case because i think if you had tried to be like no i'm from the 1700s that would not have worked like yeah that's no i think there's also like you know she talks about earlier in the book, like, going down to the docks to work as a prostitute. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't hear about in her life that, like, maybe she was like that. Maybe she was like, I would only be with a man, but a situation happened and she was like, oh, the love of a woman is very nice and I really like that too. Or, like, there's so many things that we, like, literally have no idea about because she spent, like, 200 pages talking about her fucking freckles. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I do appreciate that too. And I appreciate that it wasn't, um, I mean, what Kelly is t- saying, and I appreciate that the narrative wasn't centered on them coming out. No, mm-hmm. my God. Cause yeah. I'm really tired of those stories. I'm really tired of it being like the be all and end all of a, a person's life. Yeah. It's nice to see somebody who like, that's just like, they're, that's just who they are. Thing, and it's not questioned. But it's not, a part of the plot necessarily um what was that old lady's name estelle estelle i really liked her i wish there was more of her in the book because i'm always here for (laughs) you know like ostracized cool weird women in books like i just always want to hear more about why are they ostracized? Like, clearly they're doing something good. They're doing something right. <laughs> you know, the people are just scared of, you know? I feel kind of bad. I, I I feel like she was only there in the first couple of chapters. It was when she was really kind of explored. And I was still just getting into an audiobook. And I feel like I didn't kind of get the full force of who she was. And then every time Addie would refer to her, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I still don't really have a good idea of who she is. Yeah. But I think that was my failing in um, taking too long to get into an audiobook. Well, but also she was barely in the book. And I know that, I mean, sorry, V. Schwab, but clearly she was there to set up, don't pray to the gods that come out at night or whatever, come out of the dark, whatever that line is. Great line. Yeah. Yeah. However it is, I butchered it. No, no, I think that was exactly it. Great. (laughs) But she was clearly only there to set that up, which we under, and to show some sort of like, role model for Addie, you know, like I want a connection to her old life and whatever. But I wanted to know more. Like, 
at the beginning when I said it was slow at first, it was because of the flashbacks. I was like, what is the point of this? Like, what are what, what am I supposed to glean or glean? <laughs> what am I supposed to glean from these chapters? I don't know. And then when I understood, I was like, oh, okay, you know? But yeah, I gave it a five out of five still because of how I felt at the end. Yeah. But I still think there were things in the book that could have been better or like whatever. Totally. Yeah. I, have, I have a question. So a lot of people were like, I cried so hard at the end of this book. Why? I didn't cry. <laughs> but I didn't like, cry why? Either, but I felt... Why do people? Why? Like, just, I just want. I really, genuinely want to know because I was waiting for that. Like, I was like, oh, maybe it'll hit me in the last fifty pages. Which, if you read a book that's like four hundred pages and only the last fifty pages hit you, it wasn't a good book. But <laughs> <laughs> for you, it was not a good book for you. Yeah. But I was like, oh, maybe it'll all be worth it. Maybe the last like 50 pages, they're going to just like get me right in the gut. And I was like waiting and I was like, then I was like 10 pages left. And I was like, I'm still waiting. <laughs> then I was like the last page and I was like, where is it? Yeah. So I just like, I want to know like what, like what was it that was like the feeling for you? Like, were you oh. sad? Were you like happy? Like what, what was it? Well, for me, I'm trying to remember because this was, I didn't write a ton of notes on this book, unfortunately, but from what I remember, I think it, well, it was definitely a mixture of sadness and happiness because I was happy that Henry lived, he didn't die, you know, she essentially sacrificed, if you even want to say that, because she doesn't hate being with Luke, you know, like it's not her favorite thing anymore it used to be it's not anymore but it was her choice and she made that choice and she knew the choice she was making and she was very careful about that choice which she wasn't in the beginning of her original choice to live forever um so i was happy that henry got to live i was sad that they were going to be apart i was happy that he was able to still remember her and keep her memory living on um because for me it was just the whole thing with time and like, you know, who really does remember once you're gone or just all these feelings of no, she will live on and she did matter, you know, and he mattered. And she, it, I was also feeling hopeful at the end because she said to him, like, I'll stay by your side as long as you'll have me or as long as you want me, however it was phrased. And so she has some kind of trick up her sleeve to get him ticked off to let her go and be off on her own and be rid of him forever, mm -hmm. you know, and just keep doing what she wants to do. So I just, I don't know. I just, it's so hard to explain. I just felt so, and also because I got a sense that Henry, you know, we're never fully cured of our mental, whoops, of our mental health, um, diagnoses you know and that's fine because i think it's a part of who we are you know it's not it's not good nor bad you know but i just think he was able to move forward and be actually truly happy in that moment and i don't know it's just hard for me to explain because it was so long ago but i just felt so like like i felt like i had gone on an epic and okay, i was done yeah. i was like oh but I, I wanted them to be together, but I understood this, how it had to go. And it was just like that nice, bittersweet, like she gave up something for him and he's going to continue to live his life. He's going to find someone else. He will be happy. He will be enough. Just, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I, can, I just I genuinely wanted to like know yeah. what your feeling was I'm at the end because I I, I didn't know. have a connection to the book, mm. so I finished it and I was like, okay, <laughs> I can speak on it a little because yeah. I had a kind of a different um, experience too, which is this is something I really liked about the book. I loved the part uh, how every um, section opened up with a piece of art that was yes. described, the medium was described, and it was as we went on obvious that they were all pieces of art that had been made in um, her image or inspired by her because she figured out that ideas were harder to erase than memories. And I really loved all the talk about, I'm an arts administrator, so I'm very interested in the role that art and storytelling and um, all of that has to do with people. And uh, I got like really emotional thinking about it all and thinking about all the great people and the great artists that she got to meet and the people that she influenced. And I was really taken in and really struck by that idea of all the like transience of art. And um, at the end of it, I felt really satisfied when she was looking at the book in the bookstore mm-hmm. that Henry had written. And typically when this happens in a book where it's like revealed that the book that you're holding is like the book that the person had written, I'm not very, I don't like it all the time, but I picked it that worked up really early. Did you? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is definitely Henry writing this book. That's <laughs> the freckles. That's very, that's clever of you to realize. I didn't realize it. And so when it happened and I just got that feeling for Addie of like, finally, I've been memorialized in art Mm -hmm. which is what she always loved that was what her thing was at the beginning right was the drawing and the artistry and she couldn't do it and then it's there and someone did it and it's good for henry too because he figured out that's what he wanted to do so i was feeling very like emotional about art by the end of it and also that reminds me because you worded it so much better than i did thanks (laughs) i guess i don't think uh, you did I think the biggest thing for me was that the whole book is really about how we touch other people's lives, you yeah. know? And so she, fe- you know, she is forgotten all the time, but she really isn't because she has still touched people's lives with her ideas and the artwork and the songs that she helps to write, all these things. And so it's just like, it is, it's scary to me and also just like mind-boggling to think like how do we touch people's lives because i think we all at one point or another feel like we're not seen or that we don't matter Mm -hmm. and at the end it's like oh my god this person who she thought was just gonna go off and i'm gonna get emotional oh it's okay she's just gonna go off living in the void for like forever and have no one and oh I'm sorry, everybody. It's about touching people's lives, okay? Yeah, and it's about the way, like, art touches people, and yeah. that that's yeah. kind of what brings everyone together. And so. we're in a pandemic right now, and the arts are very important. So it's, yep. you know, that was a huge highlight, too, of, like, it does touch people's lives in so many mediums, you know? It's, yeah. I just, yeah. There were definitely things that could have been improved upon or whatever, but I, yeah, I just, for me, the I don't usually finish a book feeling all these conflicting feelings of like, I feel so exhausted, but also so full, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I have a couple questions. Mm -hmm. If you guys were going to pick one curse, would you want to be cursed with Addie's curse or cursed with Henry's That was one of the questions I wrote down too. Or I I guess I kind of worded it as which do you think is worse, but your idea is wilder. (laughs) Um. I'm going to get it out of the way and say that they're both terrible. Yeah. yeah. 
They're both pretty Who shitty. Who wants to be alive forever with, alone? But I, not... but I wouldn't want to be like Henry and know that nothing's real. I'd rather, I think I would pick Abby. I think I would too. Could I be Luke? <laughs> Ideal <Could> I... <laughs> situation, Luke. <laughs> no. You get whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> I have the power. I love no. that he was just like, I don't, I don't start wars. Like he was like yeah. extremely like, that's not for me. Yeah. That's the voice that the audiobook narrator did for him. It's like, oh, Adeline, don't do this. And it was like, I was picturing a way hotter voice. Yeah, it wasn't a hot voice. (laughs) That'll make or break a book if your voice is not hot for those parts. (laughs) Not in general. The voice for Adeline was great. Okay, is it Adeline, Adeline, Adeline? I taught a girl named Adeline. If it was French, I would say it would be Adeline. Yeah. Mm. But the um, the audio said Adeline Adeline. because I'm not French. And that's just how I thought I should say it. So. Wait, which curse? I I mean, I guess I would pick Addie's and then hope to find you two as so we won't be alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we're not, we don't want either of them, but if no. it was, like, down to the two of them, I think I'd rather people forget me than that I couldn't know if someone was being real with me. Because that's I, that's yeah. a very big deal to me. It's very important that I know where I stand, whether the person is telling the truth or not. Follow-up question. If... So if you had Addie's curse, would you rather find somebody that, like, remembers you that would be your, like, lover or a friend? A friend. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Can't they be both? They can. Yeah, but it's different when, like, (laughs) there are things that I would talk about. Like, I could talk about anything with you guys as my friends. But I wouldn't just talk about anything with the person I'm in a relationship with because I would probably hurt their feelings. Mm. And you can just like you can find anybody to. That was something I kept thinking about. Needs. I kept thinking. I was like, thank God, like for Addie that Henry is like young and hot. Like, what if he was like a loser? Like, it it didn't work for me because I was like, it's too much of a coincidence. Yeah. That he's just like it wasn't fate luke luke orchestrated it but yeah. i don't know if he's telling the truth or not That's i think thing. he is I could never yeah he understand. like followed her around forever he made it pretty clear that he was around when she didn't know but did he put her in new york because i know he would like put her in different places at different times you know mm. because she ended up going to new york on her own accord i think and she just happened upon him in that book sh- in that book uh book shop I think Luke had more influence over her than she knew about. Yeah. And I think it was pretty naive of her to be on the, in this relationship with Henry and think that he w- didn't know. But yeah, here's same. a question. If it is fate, then it would have been Luke anyway because he's a god. Yeah. And the fates were gods. So. So you're questioning yourself? Facto, no, I'm <laughs> saying I'm right. <laughs> oh. It was fate. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to play back the tape and figure out what I just said. <laughs> um... So I just kept thinking of that though. I was like, what if Henry was like gross and a serial killer? You yeah. know? Yeah, because like, she was like really quick to just be like, okay, I'll just be with this dude. Yeah. Well, him like, too, right? Yeah. He's like, what do you see in me? And she's like, well, I see this and this. And he was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's it. It's happening. Yeah. I think it just didn't work for me because it was so freaking fast. Mm. Yeah. I'm not yeah, really I'm not really a fast mover like, romantically, so but <laughs> <laughs> also, if so at the end. She decides she's going to go with Luke, but she has a plan. Do you think, based on what we know about Addie, she's actually going to follow through with that plan? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think it's going to... Oh, sorry. 
No, you go. Sorry. I think it's going to take a long time, but she's got the time. She's got all the time in the world, literally. I think she will. I think she will, too. I think through sheer determination, which is something she has in spades for being able to live this long and not surrender to him Mm -hmm. like he wanted her to do all the time, I think the only thing that would have kept her going is that she was, like, determined to win. Mm. and determined not to like give up her freedom because that's all she ever wanted in the first place yeah and so i think her trick up her sleeve is probably like she's gonna make him hate her she's gonna make him not want to be with her she's gonna show him that like they don't work together i think that (laughs) um i don't know if i necessarily agree yeah sure like because i feel like through the book she had she like flip-flopped the whole book on how she felt about luke and i'm like why is this any different like, maybe yeah, he's like, going to treat you really good now that you, you're you his, like, side chick or whatever. <laughs> and you're going to be like, yeah, this isn't so bad. Maybe she will still be able to be free and do whatever she wants in excess because she's with him. Maybe she'll be able to just go wherever, do whatever. And maybe she'll be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. But also, maybe she won't even really have to work that hard to make him not like her because <laughs> she was kind of annoying. <laughs> So maybe he'd spend like excess time with her and be like, oh, wow. Okay, bye. (laughs) I have a question I just thought of listening to our conversation. Do you think Addie is a good icon or symbol, whatever, for feminism? Or do you think she's a bad icon symbol or example, I guess? Because I'm kind of going back and forth now. What makes you think that she would be a good one? Like, I just don't understand where the question comes from. Like... Because she, when you were saying, like, she is determined to to outlast him and she wants to do her own thing and she doesn't want to be tied to him or, like, be taken by him, whatever. But again, she she asks for this curse because she doesn't want to be tied down. She doesn't want all that stuff. She doesn't want to be forced to marry. But when she finds Henry, it's all about Henry, you know? I don't think she's a bad... I was just kind of wondering what people thought, like... I don't know, because... Yeah, I don't know. It hadn't really occurred to me to place her within any kind of feminism. Yeah, same. Uh, it didn't to me either. I was just thinking about it now. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting question, because I think... I think she's just kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it just always stemmed from, like... She didn't want to change things for other women. She just no, wanted to change no, no. things for herself. Yeah. And oh. then it didn't matter who else was in the wake of it. Yeah, I guess... I should have said, is she, like, a strong female character example? You know what I mean? Uh, Like, where she's, like, her own person. She's... Sure. I think that's what I meant. Because, and I mean, she does also say, it's not that she's against marriage. It's that it wants... She wants it to be her choice, her decision. Yeah. I think she was kind of ahead of her time, Mm -hmm. in a way, in that she was... Until, like, the 1930s. Yeah. I think she was, like, (laughs) definitely... um, had bigger ideas for herself than they had about women in the 1700s. So I think in that way, she was kind of a strong female character. Um, I didn't really, I don't really know anything about her though. Like, I don't yeah. know what she likes to do, except that she like appreciates art mm-hmm. and that like drawing and stuff. I just didn't really get a very good sense of like, what what is she thinking about all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like who is she yeah. as a person? Mm-hmm. I would say like, just based on what we do know about her, I feel like she is not, really a very strong like female character in terms of like being strong for herself we see through a lot of her flashbacks that she just spends a lot of time like sitting around plotting what she's going to do when luke shows up 
Yeah, she's and, like, and even before she's that, like, just she's spending like, all this time drawing gonna, this character. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and and like put this dress on so that when Luke shows up, he can see that I'm doing okay. Oh, he didn't show up, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't show up because you're sitting there desperate, like waiting for me, like whatever." Yeah. So I feel like that was a lot of the flashbacks was just their their like games that she was playing and he was playing better. So, I don't know. Yeah, and a lot of it is probably, too, that she didn't really have a chance to live, like, a real life where she could have had more complex interests. And relationships. And relationships. That's a huge... And now we can see it's a huge part of someone's life. Totally. Yeah, but but I do think, too, I just didn't have a good sense of, like, how she thought about things. Mm. Because she was always ever talking about, like, for the first time, this happened. Yeah. And then I got to see the sky, and then a shadow darkened his face, Mm. and... I don't have an answer either like for or against i was just kind of yeah no it's an interesting question Mm -hmm. i was like huh i wonder yeah i don't know so there was a lot of stuff online about whether this is a ya novel or an adult novel and how a lot of the time like i know this author in particular writes adult novels and ya novels and in her adult stuff she uses ve schwab and in her young adult it's victoria schwab she differentiates them that way however i don't know about you guys this, to me, felt extremely YA. And I think it's because so much of it was centered on the relationship between Henry and Addie and then the relationship between uh, Addie and Luke. And it felt very like, it's a contrived love triangle and there's like this curse and I want to be with him, but I can't because of this. And those are all tropes that I find kind of grating in YA novels. See, I felt like it was a YA concept with an adult approach. Because mm. I think if this was written for young adults, the plot would have been way more interesting. I think it wouldn't have been so structured in yeah. the way that it was. Well, I, I think, think you're it right. was like the prose that it had was like, I'm writing an adult novel and I'm going to say all of these metaphorical things that adults like to read about. And I was <laughs> like, okay. But I like, I just feel like there, I've, I've read books that have like very similar um like like text or like meanings like from young adult and adult and the young adult novels just seem to always go this extra mile with like the plot and stuff cuz they're like proving themselves cuz they're like yeah I'm a young adult novel but I still got it <laughs> and she's like I'm writing this for adults I don't need to have anything oh wow like, like strong words <laughs> no I but like I don't like I just I just think that it it was a mix. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I kind of agree with Nikki um, in the sense that I agree that I think the idea was more YA, but the writing was more adult uh, just because, I mean, it was very flowery, you yeah. know, like very. So I don't see younger audiences picking this up and being like, yes, you know, like, I don't know. I went, yes, <laughs> that's the young adults, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, yeah, I think the tone was more mature, but the concept could be for all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the online stuff about it was that it's been kind of incorrectly labeled a YA novel and that this is a disproportionate problem with particularly 
female identifying authors that their stuff is kind of not deemed adult enough or mm-hmm. that it's automatically a YA stuff. So I'm not really saying either way. I think I think you're both right. I think there's like elements of it. And that's what I was picking up on was like the concept was yeah. and the love triangle. And I think probably probably just because I'm an adult now and I'm like a love triangle sounds exhausting to me and not interesting <laughs> in my Only personal life. Only if the triangle is like we're all in agreement and we're all here to serve me. <laughs> <laughs> we're not cutting that out. Um <laughs> I definitely just feel like I've read other books with love triangles where the triangle was done better, Mm. where there was like more interesting things going on other than like, I have the power. No, I have the power. I just want someone to love me. (laughs) I think that that was a little like contrived towards the end. I was just like, okay, like we, we get it. We all know what's going on. I did see in her interview that she did with Holly Black where she was talking about how um, here it's for adults, but depending on where it's being sold in the world, it could be for young adults, depending on how they choose what is for what like audience. Well, yeah, because when it comes down to it, it's all those categories are kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like so, when I was a kid, I read whatever I wanted yeah. to, and if I didn't like it, it was because I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, because Holly was saying something to her, like, "Oh, you you write under Victoria for your YA and middle grade, and you write under VE for your adult." And uh, Victoria was just like, "Yeah, but it's really messy because everywhere it's something different." So. If you live, like, in the UK, there's might be some, like, VE in the uh, YA and some Victoria in the adult or whatever. Like, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I didn't even really, like, think about what, like, why this was... Why, well, like, why did people think that this was an adult novel here? Yeah. I guess, I, yeah. When I went to the store to pick up a copy, I went to the YA section and I was like, where is it? And then I had to go into the adult fantasy section and there was a huge display. And I yes. was like, oh, <laughs> I thought this was my A. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do want to say, okay, that love triangle note we were talking about, I didn't see it as a love triangle, but now that I'm thinking of it, I think I'm seeing it as like, she will end up with Luke. She is destined to be with Luke. There's no other way, but she wants to be with Henry because she wants freedom she wants someone to remember her and not have so much like control over her kind of thing but i I wonder if being with henry was actually freedom because but like she doesn't want to be with luke yeah but you were saying like that she wants to be with henry but i don't think i think after a while her being with henry would just be her being trapped yeah. Again, because yeah. it's mm. somebody you have to answer to. Sure. You saw that kind of with her paying for the meal, and he's like, how did you get that money? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what's yeah. she supposed to do? Live off of his, like, minimum wage bookstore job with him mm. and stuff? Like, there's... Also, there was never anyone in that bookstore. How was it making money? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Only B or Bia, yeah. who was, like, treating it like a library. Yeah. So, anyway, I just feel like her and Henry were just doomed for so many reasons. And that was just like the cherry on top of like, she's going to leave him eventually anyway, because she's going to be like, wow, I can't, I can't do what I want to do. But haven't we been in relationships like that where we know they're not going to last, but 
we enjoy them while we're there? You know? No. No? no. Okay. <laughs> Just a I've never been good at that. <laughs> I didn't say I was either. Just a thought. But Okay, I actually did find a section that I liked. Um, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite quote, but this I connected to. Um, it's Henry. It's in part four, I believe. Um, let me just make sure. It's chapter one in part four, The Man Who Stayed Dry in the Rain. Um, so yeah, this is a section that I could relate to and it struck a chord. Take a drink every time you hear you're not enough, not the right fit, not the right look, not the right focus, not the right drive, not the right time, not the right job, not the right path, not the right future, not the right present, not the right you, not you, not me. There's just something missing, missing from us. What could I have done? Nothing. It's just who you are. I didn't think we were serious. You're just too sweet, soft, sensitive. I just don't see us ending up together. I met someone. I'm sorry. It's not you. Swallow it down. We're not on the same page. We're not in the same place. It's not you. We can't help who we fall in love with and who we don't. You're such a good friend. You're going to make the right girl happy. You deserve better. Let's stay friends. I don't want to lose you. It's not you. I'm sorry. I thought that was really well written of like an inner dialogue or inner monologue. Yeah. I don't relate to every single thing he said, <laughs> but it was the swallow it down, especially. I, yeah, it struck a chord in me. Yeah. I wonder a lot, like, cause I mean, I don't have the same problem that Henry has with wanting to be loved by people or whatever like i don't have those same kind of feelings so i don't know um also i feel like we didn't learn enough about him to really understand what was going on but i really got the gist that he just wasn't happy with himself and it wasn't really about the other people and when i was like starting to feel like that i was like well why don't you do something about it because i was like I, I mean, I suffer from pretty severe anxiety sometimes. I have bouts of depression where I feel really upset, but I'm able to like every once in a while, like pull myself from that and be like, you gotta just like, you know, let's go get your shit together a little bit because you're the only person that can really like work to fix yourself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was something that was really lacking from his character while I was like, wow, you're just in a constant pity party. It would be really nice if you could try to show at least a little bit of um, initiative to... Or if or if some of his friends could help him with it. Yeah, because like, cause there was no, never any... It just felt like there wasn't any kind of, like, constructive talk about it. But how much of it do they know, you know? His sister is like, here's some pink umbrellas for you. Mm-hmm. But from, I mean, from my personal experience, I don't share a lot of my insecurities, anxieties, even with my husband, you know what I mean? And I remember as a kid, I had to go to my parents and almost, um, I had to go to my parents and say like, 
hey, I think I need to talk to someone because I have anxiety. And they're like, what do you mean? You seem fine. So I wonder if it's something like that, too, where it's like it's all inside of him, but he puts on this front. So they're like, hey. And I mean, the thing about like, you know, like pick yourself up, whatever. Uh, Totally get that. I think he is just in such a dark, like rock bottom that he hasn't gotten to that place yet. I just yeah. I think it would have been nice to like explore that like how he got to that place. Like I know that his fiance or his girlfriend said she didn't want to marry him. But like I want to know why that was so detrimental because yeah, that would be really shitty. Like I think that would be awful if you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone. But I don't think if that happened to me, I'd be up on the rooftop being like, no one's ever going to love me again. I'm going to make a deal with the devil. Mm -hmm. So I just want to know, like, I need more. I need more information about what is, like, really going on because it's clearly more than my girlfriend doesn't want to marry me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was definitely a culmination of things. Mm -hmm. Um, What I would have liked to see is... Rather than this narrative of he's with Addie and everything's fine, Mm. I would have liked to see someone encourage him to talk to someone, encourage him to go to therapy, because I think it's a really harmful um, stereotype that once you meet the right person, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think also because she knows that they're not going to be able to be together forever. So you should be trying to help him because, you know, you're going to leave someday or he's going to get old and be really sad about how you're still 23 years old and he's going to have even more problems so like help him help himself a little but also remember when we did this podcast for the raven boys and i had asked do you think noah stays a 17 year old like mentally or does he like grow and we had kind of come to a consensus that no like they stay like 17 kind of thing Mm -hmm. she's 23 she hasn't had like any relationship experience. So she's stuck in that state, even though she has seen all these things and whatever. That would explain a lot of the selfishness, a lot of the like, why didn't she tell him to go get help or like encourage him to. Or why she just pines after Luke, yes. even though she's like, I hate him. But yeah. then she's like, I just want him to love me so that I cannot love him back yes. and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that because yeah, that, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, it doesn't make me like her more. But I think it explains some things, though. Yeah. Yeah. But then also I think about what I I mean, because I'm 25. And when I was 23, I would not be Mm -hmm. like this. Well, we're cut from a different cloth, the three of us. But but (laughs) I just think about like, I, I don't know, like, is... Is that a valid representation of what the general populace of 23-year-old women is? Well, how old is V.E. Schwab? 33. 33? Yeah. Yeah, I think she got the idea when she was like the age, almost the age Addie is in the book. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Because I was going to say, like, I know, like, it's hard (laughs) when you watch- When older people write younger characters and it's like cringy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't think this was cringy for me no, anyway, but it was no. just, I wonder it's just if that an has interesting to thing to think about mm-hmm. with the, her character. Interesting. I also I, think it's, sorry. No. I was just going to say quick side note. I think it's interesting that we spent a lot of this podcast talking about Henry and not a lot about Addie. And that says a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't know her because she doesn't know who she is. Yeah. Because she's just, she's just a walking experience. Yes. 
sponge. Yeah. She's just she's just a storyteller to someone who can't remember anything, and then she finally meets someone who can hear all these amazing tales that she has experienced. You know? They well, mentioned really briefly that she was a spy in World yes. War II, and I was like, where's that story? I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I think, like, kind of tying into the, is she a strong female character? I think that's a really strong argument for no, yeah. because she's literally just this person that all of these things happen to, yeah. And she's still, like, not really anybody. She's not memorable. That sounds so harsh with this whole discussion and theme. She's yes. touched us, but it's not because of her. It's because of Henry. No. <laughs> uh, was this really a good book? I really, I still enjoy I it. I still think it was a good book. I think that, I think the execution fell short for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was asking that, like, for me, because I rated it, like, oh. 2.5. I was like, was this actually a good book? Because oh. it, like, <laughs> maybe that's what she was trying to do. Maybe. Maybe we should. Oh, I don't okay. But <laughs> I, I'm going to keep my writing the way it is. But. Yeah. I have a, a line I wanted to read. Can you pass yes. me your... Yeah. So many different insights, though. Yeah. That's, which oh, my I God. Think, We're brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless of whether you personally liked the book or not, I think that is a sign of a good writer if you have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah totally. Because, other, I mean, when I in theater school, I had a teacher who said, you either love something or hate it. And if, you, if you're in between, it wasn't good. <laughs> like, it, it didn't, it wasn't successful. Oh, because you never want to be like, eh, it was fine. That does, that's terrible then. There's nothing to discuss. There's no feelings invoked. Like, eh. yeah. Well, think about how boring this would be if we were all just like, yes, we love it every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I was literally talking to a friend earlier and I was doing like a little voice recording about like what I was going to be doing today. And I was saying, I'm going to be reading this book and here's what it's about. And I think we have a lot to talk about, which is great because it's not interesting to just be like, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Like, cool. Next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next time we'll talk about how much we liked this book. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Tilly, let's hear your Okay, so it's one of the um it's one of the pieces that is described uh at the beginning of every part. So I had mentioned that they were uh pieces of art that were kind of inspired by Addie. And this is the one that really stuck out for me. And this is the only one that wasn't inspired by Addie. And this is the one that I really kept thinking about. This image I found was really strong, and maybe it's because I really connect to the idea of the artistic piece itself. Yes. Sorry, wanted to say it's in the same section that I read out of, which was Henry's section. Yeah. Again, Henry, not Addie. Yeah. Uh, I liked a lot of the pieces about Addie, too, but this is the one that I really liked. Mm -hmm. So uh, it goes like this. Title, Open to Love. Artist, Muriel Strauss, Design, and Lance Herringer, Manufacture. Date, 2011. Medium, Aluminum, Steel, and Glass Sculpture. Location, On Loan from the Tisch School of the Arts. Description. Originally displayed as an interactive installation in which the aluminum heart, perforated by small holes, hung suspended over a bucket. On a table beside the metal heart, jars of varying shapes and sizes contained different colored liquids, some water, some alcohol, some paint, and participants were encouraged to select one of the glass jars and empty the contents into the heart. The liquid instantly began to leak out, with a speed dependent on the viscosity of the substance poured. And then there's a bit of a description of it of the background too but just that image of this like aluminum heart with like liquid slowly leaking out of it dependent on the person and what they poured into it i thought was really really powerful and helped me understand 
Henry and helped me kind of understand myself in a way because I'm I related to Henry and that he's like extremely sensitive to every emotion all the time which I am also (laughs) but also when they said at the beginning of that section that there was a boy who was born with a broken heart I thought they meant literally at first and I was like oh my god he's gonna die because of a rare heart defect and I was like oh god oh god but no it was all mental health which I understand and that's fine too but I was like oh my god oh my god (laughs) there's literally a ticking clock (laughs) literally (laughs) but yeah (laughs) Did Nikki, you did you have a... Or... Um, maybe. Here, I'll look. <laughs> Is it about her freckles? <laughs> I can read you every time they mention it. I mean, thank God she had seven perfectly identifiable freckles, because how else would she be tracked through the ages? How would someone remember? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty fucking superficial. superficial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I did mark down a few of the times between uh, Henry and Bia... You owe me. I'm granting you free access to the books. Almost like a library. Not a library, he shouts back. <laughs> I did mark a few of those because I was like, that's one of the most entertaining parts of the book. Just him and Bia arguing arbitrarily about um, her need to take things that don't belong to her, apparently. Very natural. <laughs> yeah, I liked their relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, great. Okay, well, I think we have chatted your ears off about this book. Uh, I don't even know if we all know if we liked or not at the end of this. <laughs> I think ultimately it's the kind of book that you have to read yourself yes. and figure yeah. out because I would still recommend it to read just so you can decide where you stand on some of the polarizing issues that we talked about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this part, you probably read it or else we destroyed the book for you probably. But yeah. <laughs> I think it also depends on what's going on in your life too because yes, I don't totally. remember what was going on with mine, but apparently it was the right book at the right time. Yeah. So And that's great. Yeah. I actually, um, funny story, I had gotten this book as a gift for my mom before we read it. And now I'm kind of like, do I want to still give it to her? But I know she'll still want to read it because yes. she likes the idea of it. She likes the author. And I know even if I tell her, oh, I don't know if I would still recommend it because of this, this, and this, I think she'd still be like, I want to read it and decide for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still going to give it to her. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Bring Your Own Book podcast. If you enjoyed this and would like to hear more from us, you can head on over to our Instagram at Podcast or follow us on Facebook at Bring Your Own Book Podcast to keep up to date on what book we'll be reading next. Stay tuned after this to hear the first line of our next read, which is the first installment of a young adult fantasy series that delves into the dark and delicious world of the Fae. If you think you know what the book is, leave us a comment with your guests and keep an eye out for the reveal. See you next time, and until then, keep on drinking in great stories. Cheers! Next time on BYOB, the Bring Your Own Book podcast. In fairy, there are no fish sticks, no ketchup, no television.